you get a shell. Come on, blow. Before we get into the podcast, because we're going to take you in many directions today, we just want to say mahalo and uh, attitude of gratitude. Now, gratitude is important. You know, people forget about gratitude. People start thinking that everything, you know, just happens, right? Like, oh, this is just how I was going to happen anyway. Oh, you know my tax check. Yeah, I was going to get them anyway. So, you see what I'm saying? Okay, attitude of gratitude. 28 countries, 33 states want to say mahalo. We never thought that our podcast would go all over the place, like all over the world. See, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I forget what I was thinking. Okay, but the podcast wasn't my idea. It was Augie T's idea. And and Augs was like, bro, you know, his, big, his biggest selling point was, bro, you know, on podcast, you can make any kind, you can swear. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, that was his big thing. Like, bro, you can swear. I'm like, swear, okay. I mean, you know, because, okay, I was trained in, in broadcasting, right, from professionals. These guys, I mean, top-notch kind of guys, right, in Hollywood and then and then over here. Uh, because, well, back in, it's a long story, but I was trained by top-notch guys, right? And nobody ever, you know, sat back and said, well, you know, maybe one day we can have a venue where we can swear. I mean, everybody was into, you know, the professional side, right? So so I never thought of that. And when Aug said that, you know, Augie said that, and I was like, oh, you can swear. Well, I never thought of that anyway. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that was that was never, I guess it was his goal. Like, like whoa, I like, I, I like swear. <laughs> I, I don't know. But anyway, but this was, yeah, this was Augie's idea. So mahalo, Augs. Thank you, Augie T., uh, I, I never knew it was going to be like this. You know, he, he said, oh, my friends in L.A., bro, they're doing big time. They're doing all over the world. So, you know, so uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. And um, over seven seventy six hundred people yesterday uh, checked out the podcast. We had over 7,600 listens yesterday. So the, the listens is going up. So um, that's increasing. I want to say mahalo. Uh, the states in the United States, the leading state is California, then Texas, then Hawaii, then everybody else. The last state to join us was Kentucky. I believe it was Kentucky, right? Yeah, something like that. So we like to say mahalo, Kentucky, and everybody else that, you know, tunes in on the podcast. Now, this is a law of attraction uh, podcast, right? Comedy podcast. And because nobody ever did like comedy. Law of Attraction comedy. You see what I'm saying? No, nobody did that. And and my stuff, like what I did on the radio, was comedy. So that's that's what I do, right? So I so I thought, wow, we're gonna combine these two, okay? And so today I'm gonna talk a little bit about the law of attraction and how it worked in my life. Now your your uh your your core values, okay? Or let's say that uh you know who you are inside your core values, right? Attract what you get in life. Okay, you attract who you are. 
okay? No, you can attract things that you desire. All you got to do is apply yourself, okay? And you can write these things down. Now, the things you focus on the most, right, is what you're going to get the most of. And I can tell you, Hawaiians, I did some I did some research, like, on my own. And, and I'm talking about experiment, like, live experiments, okay? And, I mean, just, just out of the blue. You know, cause, I, cause I was like, wow, I wonder if praying is real. This is, this, this was years and years, over 20 years ago. And, and I was thinking, like, I wonder if praying is real. It, like, if I prayed for something off the wall, right? Like, would it happen? And it did. It did happen. I prayed, you know, and, and I mean, I'm not going to get into what I prayed for and all of that, but I just could tell you, I tested it because I prayed for something that you wouldn't think God would give you if you prayed for it, right? I mean, it was crazy. It was nuts. I mean, okay, okay. So, so I, I prayed for, no, I gotta tell you something though, but you gotta really, you gotta be specific. Okay. You gotta be specific. And this is why in the law of attraction, we write it down. Okay. Because if you just say, like, I wanna meet, I wanna meet one chick. Well, you could meet one chick, right? She could be 400 pounds or she could be 75 pounds or, or she could be on drugs or, right? So you gotta write it out. You got to write out. So we did this experiment on the radio years ago, and it turned out everybody was writing down what I, you know, I, I didn't really do it. Um, I was going along with them on the radio, but I, I didn't really do because it's none of their business what I want. It's none of their business. You know, I was there um, for my career. I was there for the publicity. I was there for, for you know, uh, you know, to benefit my brand. A junior cake, whoever junior is a brand. And I was there for my brand. And so, so the things that they were doing, like they were serious, you see, the guys that I, that I work with, except the lead guy, he was a little bit smarter than that. I mean, he was a lot smarter than that. And the lead guy, so, so me and the lead guy, we was like, we was looking at these other guys and, you know, and after work in the parking lot, we used to talk about these guys. It was, it was funny. Cause these guys, I don't know. And he always had to explain stuff to them. That I did on the radio. And then he, you know, like we would go off the air and then he would explain. Or sometimes I would use some big words and then he had to explain it to them. You know, I, I was laughing. We would look at each other and we would laugh. But, but, but what I'm trying to say is that I wasn't really genuine in my stuff. I was more coming from the comedy side. So I would exaggerate and, you know, oh, I want this chicken with 40, 48 double, triple Ds or whatever. I would, you know, write down. And so, but these other guys, they wrote down what they really wanted and they wrote down, right? And these girls showed up. They actually showed up. Okay. So, so what I'm trying to say is that you may think that if you ask God, you know, for a 10, right? You, I want a chick that's a 10 or you, you, you write down, you know, I want a chick with big boobies or I want a chick with long hair, whatever. I mean, you can do all of that. You can do that. Okay, that's not a sin. It's not lusting. Is that you just write down what you want? Okay, now you if you have a good idea of the kind of woman you want, you're gonna attract that kind of chick, right? Now there was times on the radio where I said I was a freak magnet, you know, and that was that was a joke. I was doing comedy, you know, and and I would go, bro, I'm a freak magnet, boo, and all these freaky girls started showing up, right? And so I was attracting, right, by saying this because I was speaking it into existence. All right. Now, this is the power of the spoken word. There are many books on the subject. You know, go do some research. Just Google it. The spoken word. 
Okay, good. The, the power of, of words. Just, you know, words are very powerful. Okay, they have vibrations attached to it. And so, so I would say this, right? And, and this girl, I, I think I mentioned this on a podcast one time. She, she actually met me at this bar, you know, that, that I used to take these girls to on first date so I could check them out. Because the guys at the bar, they know me. They, you know, they, they leave me alone. They, nobody comes over. Hey, Junior, how are you, bro? Hey, you know, talk story. Everybody just kind of leaves me alone over there. So I go over there. And this girl, like, second drink, she leans over and she goes, Junior, I'm a freak. And, and she, the way she said him was kind of like Daffy Duck. <laughs> you know, like, you're despicable. <laughs> I'm a freak. <laughs> like, she kind of, you know, second drink. And I'm like, whoa, baby, second drink already. I mean, you know. And, and but but you know so I'm just I'm just telling you like what you put out there will show up will come back you know so so in this it's the same if you write it it does it's the same if you speak it it's the same if you pray it it's the same if you wish it okay if it's in your head that's what you're gonna attract now there's been times in my life where I've been focused on business you know and and my companies started doing good. And guess what? As soon as I shifted the focus, as soon as I shifted from the company to entertainment, right? Then the entertaining side started. And guess what happened to the company? It slowed down. So here's what I learned, Hawaiians. Okay? And this is, this is like a, a law of attraction a thing, but it's also a business thing. When you shift your focus like this, whatever you focus on intensifies. When you shift your focus, now, now let's say your focus is... Um, a company okay now I was taught one of my mentors that that I studied under okay taught me multiple sources of income he, that's his thing multiple sources of income so that's what I did mm. so I started building different entities and these entities served me really well because here's what I found out now, there was a certain time of year. See, we had a wedding and party business. And there was a certain time of year that all the bookings came in. Okay. And that time of year was generally late January, uh, early to mid-February. And these contracts would come in for the rest of the year. Okay. So, so the contracts would come in, come in, come in. Busy, 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 busy. Okay. The, the calendar would fill up. Okay. And then it would slow down. So by April... It, it was like by by the mid-April, it was slow already. And then tax time, right? Okay, it would pick up again right around late May, June. And and there were you know, a few weddings and stuff that happened in June. But most of those things were booked early in the year. So what happened was the wedding and party business, right? The, the bookings, the, the contracts slowed down. Now... When that slowed down, the, the focus was shifted to our other business, right? To our production company, to our to our singing school, to, to different things that we had going. And, and then those things would pick up. So what I learned from having multiple sources of income, you know, the multiple sources of income for us, it wasn't like every company is making a million a year or a couple million a year. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose was when this side slows down, this side going to feed you. See, so when this thing is slow, this thing gonna work, right? Because there's no such thing as as a business just like pumping forever, like like totally one one hundred percent all the way every day. I mean, you know, maybe maybe if you're a restaurant or you you know something like that, 
but but this was different and so we this this was more seasonal right so like over the holidays the bookings would slow down people spending money on christmas right it's a family business and then and then like that so so the wave would come and then the, the tide would go out now when the tide went out with one business we had the other businesses going right and so we we found that there was a balance there and we figured out how to ride the wave after a while. So we knew at at the certain time of year this was going to slow down, right? And then so so we focused on the other thing. And and that happened like throughout the years. So as we built the different companies, the different companies had different dynamics. They had they had a, a different way of working and the money would come in at certain times. So the, the beautiful thing about it was when one company was down on one side, the other side was was busy. Now, what we tried to do, right, and we, we tried to, to make this happen. We tried to make all the companies productive all the time and it never worked. It never worked. But the, the thing for us was that if one was if one went down and the other one went up, then we we rode that wave. See what I mean? So the focus went over there. And that that seemed to work for us and that that worked very well for us. So anyway, that's the thing about multiple sources of income that you can try. So I would, you know, um when you're starting a business, look at when the business comes. When, you know, if it's a party business, okay, when is party season? You know, if it's a not a kind of business, you know, when do people need this? If it's a retail business, when when do the retail holidays start? When is when is that busy season? Right? And when is slow season? Because there's always that wave. Money comes in, money goes out, money slows down, money comes back in, you know, and you gotta ride the wave. Cause when you ride the wave, it's it's so much easier. Now the law of attraction and all of this stuff, right? Is is your focus. And it's impossible to focus on three different things intently all at the same time, right? And that's where good people come in, right? So we, you know, for years, right, I, you know, I, I had in my head, I go meet this girl one day and this girl, okay, and we're going to get married and we're going, you know, and, and we're going to build this, comp- we're going to build all these companies because I saw this when I was a kid, right? I saw people, you know, they would get married, they would start these companies and, and end up huge, right? And I thought, okay, that's going to happen. Well, the girl came along one day. But you see, you, you have to be specific in what you wish for. Okay. And the girl came along. And this girl was this girl was top notch. She was top shelf. And she ran my office. She was my office manager for a long time. And one day she just disappeared. One day she, she was, I don't know what happened. Till today, we don't know what happened. And um, she had this boyfriend. I don't, I don't know. And all of a sudden, boom. God, but but for for a long period of time she was there, and for a long period of time everything was everything was organized, everything was running smooth, and even when she left, I mean things are still running smooth. But what I'm saying is that that's what I had in my head, and she showed up. So so what you have in in the back of your mind that you keep thinking of, you're gonna see this thing show up. You know, in in my life, right there is a period of time where I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet the right girl. Well, guess what happened? You know, God said, okay, how about this one, right? And this one came, and then no, not that one. The next one came. The next one came. So when you're focused on stuff like this, right? God said, all right, you want this one? Okay, how about this one? You know, I mean that that happened with cars in my life. Okay, you like this car? You know, no. Okay, how about this one? 
And, and all these things, you know, kept coming. Now, the difference between uh, success or failure as far as, as, as recognizing the law of attraction is awareness and self-awareness. Now, you got to be self-aware, Hines. Okay, if you're not self-aware, if you cannot see your blessings, you're going to miss them. You're going to miss them and you're going to think, oh, you know, you might even take it for granted. You might think that, oh, well, this happened because of that or this happened because of that. But you don't really understand that, no, this is what I always wanted. This is what I always wished for, right? Now, sometimes that may take a while. Sometimes it may happen right away. Sometimes you may be focused on a relationship or it may be something material. It may be a job. It may be money. It may be things. It may be, you know. But I remember back in the day when I used to watch these guitar players like on TV, like these stars, right? And they had these unreal guitars. I mean, beautiful guitars. You know, I used to watch B.B. King, all these guys. They had these beautiful guitars. And I said, one day I'm going to have a, I want, I want a guitar like that. I want one of those. And I used to go down to the guitar store, right? And, and I used to, I used to say, okay, I'm going to get one of those. I like one ES-175. I like one ES-150. I mean, you know, all this stuff, right? Today, Hawaiians, they're all sitting in storage. Today, they're sitting in storage. Nobody's playing them, right? And, and the guy that I played music with for 30 years is gone, right? And, and inside, I really, I would like to, I would like to play. I would like to perform, right? But I get started on a song. And half is missing. You know, it's sort of like, you know, when you listen to Cecilio and Copono for you guys in Hawaii or you guys in the mainland, where, you know, those famous duos, right? Like Sonny and Cher, old school, right? It, Sonny, you listen to him, he's okay. Cher, yeah, she's good. She's okay. But man, when you put them together, that's when you get the mana. Okay, so, so for you guys in Israel listening right now, mana is magic in Hawaiian. And, and that's when you get the magic. Right. So you have, you know, you have, uh, I don't know, I can't think of Hall, Daryl Hall and John O's. I'm, I'm talking about old school people because I don't know the young, the young guys. Right. But the old school people, you know, those are the duos, all the, all these famous duos and stuff. So it's the same thing. Right. And to me, half is missing. Now, to the people that listen to me play guitar, half is not missing. <laughs> they listen to me there, you know, but it's, it's me. It's inside. Right. But here I am down the road and, and 30, 40 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, right? About 30 years ago, you know, I was, I was wishing and praying and hoping for, for these instruments that I have now. And now that I have them, that's the irony, see? Now that I have them, they're in storage, they're not being used, but, but they're beautiful instruments. They're expensive instruments. I mean, you know, some of my guitars are over $5,000 and they're sitting in storage, you see? So what, what I'm saying, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I am totally aware that, that that was my dream or one of my dreams is to have those kind of instruments. I'm totally aware of that. I'm totally aware that, that back in the day, you know, everything that we ever accomplished was in my head when I was 12, 13 years old. You know, when I was 12 years old, I was imagining all this stuff. Right. And little by little, it started happening. And when it started happening, it always clicked in my head, even before, even before I, st I studied the law of attraction. You know, I've only been studying the law of attraction since around 2008. 
and that's when I got my um, that's when I got my first car, right? But my first brand new car, anyway. When I changed my paradigm, okay. So so right around 2000, I think it was 2007, the latter part of 2007, 2007, 2008, and that's when I started being, uh, you know, aware of of the law of attraction as the law of attraction, right? But before that, I always knew that okay, well. I always dreamed of doing that, and guess what? I just did that. You know, I went on. I went on TV as as a wrestling commentator, and I go, "Wow, you know what? Like, I would be driving home. I would be driving home in my junky little car, right? And and I would be driving home, going, "Yeah, you know what? I I was dreaming of that. I was watching TV when I was twelve years old, and I was going, that would be really cool to to be in that scenario." And there I was interviewing wrestlers and there I was doing all that stuff, right? And announcing matches and stuff. And, and you know, so I, I was always conscious of this. Now, you can look at the stuff that is happening in your world, okay? And, and what you do is you take accountability for that. You take responsibility for that. What's going on in your world right now? Is drama going, in, going on in your world right now? Or then think really hard. Think really hard. What what happened? What what caused that drama? And if you really think about it hard, Hawaii, you're gonna you're gonna understand. You go, oh yeah, okay. I now I get it, right? Now if something good is happening in your life, you gotta see that too. Many people cannot see their blessings. They can't see their blessings because they're taking it for granted. Okay. When you start to see your blessings and you start to go, oh yeah, this happened as a result of this. And that happened because I was thinking about it. And that happened because for years, I was seeing myself like that. You see what I'm saying? And when you can see that and how it manifests into your world, you can create more deliberate manifestations. And that's what we started doing. Back in 2007, 2008, I started writing affirmations, right? And now, like, you know, the affirmations, I still write them. You know, I still I still write my affirmation. We wrote one this morning, wrote one yesterday, the day before. Sometimes I go, you know, maybe two, maybe two days or something without it. You know, sometimes I miss a day, two days, whatever, but I make it up. Okay. Now, what does this do? Well, it trains your subconscious. Your subconscious learns in repetition. Now, I'm going to go over this again. I, I went over this in, in another podcast, but you need to hear it again, Hawaiians. You guys, I, I'm just on the podcast trying to make you think. That's it. Okay, so your subconscious learns in repetition. That forms your paradigm, okay, or your actions or your habits or the things you do over and over again that produce the same results over and over again. Now, you want to change the results? You just change your paradigm. That's it. Okay, now, with your paradigm, your, your paradigm is 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 there based upon your beliefs of this that and the other thing whatever you believe and and this starts to shape your your actions okay so if you believe that uh you know uh you're gonna get hit by a car every time you walk by the road you're probably not gonna walk by the road you see what i'm saying and and so that's part of your part of your paradigm your paradigm is is that that action that keeps you from walking by the road because you may get hit by a car you see so so a lot of people um you know, I want to say hold themselves back from things because their paradigm is such that based upon their beliefs, they have these habits or these these actions that prevent them from doing things. Okay, now, once you change that, you open the door to 
infinite possibilities for yourself, right? Because some people will not do something because they go, oh, no, that, that's, that's too big. That's not for me. That, that's, that's a big thing, you know. But it's really not that big once you break it down. Now, now what is, where does the life coach come in in all of this, right? Okay, so a life coach is somebody, right, like, like what I do with my clients, is I come in and break things down for them. And, and go, all right, look, this is like this and that's like, you know, the definition of insanity, first of all, right, is repeating the same actions expecting a different result. That's insanity, okay? So now when you start changing the way you do things, right, so now you're changing your paradigm, right, you start changing the way you do things, you get different results. And if you don't change, you know, the way you do stuff, you're going to live the same. So Dr. Joe Dispenza says, well, you live the same life over and over and over again because cells have memory. You remember what you did yesterday, right? You remember the problems you had yesterday. You remember the problems you had two days ago, right? So if you don't meditate, if you don't get out of this, um, I want to say if you don't erase the chalkboard, right? And you leave the same data on the chalkboard and the same data repeats every day, Right? You live the same life every day and then you die. And that happens to so many people. Mm-hmm. So what does a life coach do in my, in my position? Well, what we do is we break everything down and we show you. You know, one of my students um, and, uh, well, let's say clients, right? Because I still teach as a life coach, right? Uh, and so sometimes I call them you know, clients, sometimes I call them students, and I use that, those terms interchangeably. But one of my clients, um, you know, when she, when she came to me, and I want to say it's been about three months now, when she first came to me, she would cower as she entered the door to my office, right? And, and I mean, you know, kind of like very humble, kind of, you know, almost like bowing, coming into the office, right? And now when she comes into the office, she holds her head high. She's confident and she comes in, right? Now, if I had to say what made her confident, right? Like, what's the, what's the magic deal, Junior? What, what's the magic deal? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a series of things that, that I had to enlighten her on or educate her on or clue her into. However you want to say it, it doesn't matter. You know, either you, you clue somebody in, you educate them, you enlighten whatever you want to call it. It's the same thing, right? Make someone aware of, of certain things. And once I made, made her aware of certain things, right, she started, to, she started to respond. Now, where the mind goes, the body follows, okay? Your body, okay, if you make improvements physically, you cannot not make mental improvements okay so what what i do is sometimes i do things with you know in body language or whatever i show people things adjust their body language it starts to adjust their thinking or sometimes i do it the other way right i adjust the thinking first and then the body language just starts to pop okay because when 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 you're confident your body language will automatically adjust itself you cannot be you cannot be insecure and have positive body language. It's impossible. The the body so so in body language what we say is the body is singing with you. 
Okay, and when your body is singing, what that means is your body is agreeing to what your mind is thinking. Okay, you cannot be confident in your head and your body language be all screwed up. <laughs> your body language be insecure. It's impossible. It's totally impossible. So, so what? So we can go. We can lead with either the mind or we can lead with the body. And in the beginning, nine times out of ten, I will lead with the mind, but I will also uh, have them, you know, uh, adjust with their bodies. Now, there's there's many different things that that we work on, uh, that I work on as a life coach. I say we a lot because. Uh, in business, you say we, you don't say I or me or, you know, so I say we a lot. But anyway, there's certain things that we lead with and certain things that that we do. And um, so a life coach can help you with confidence. A life coach can help you understand certain things. Right. One of the first things that I do as a life coach is I educate people as to what's really going on. You know, like like in, in society, right? So you have religion, you have politics, you have government, you have all this stuff. Okay, and all these things confuse the hell out of people. You know, so when you can see things more clearly and you understand that your eyes distract you into almost everything, right? Your eyes are the distractors. I spent 30 years around a blind man. Right, and I can tell you that that blind man, that my, my best friend, brother Wayne, he could understand people um, much faster than than people with sight, because people with sight would make judgments based upon what they saw, and he made judgments based on what he felt, and it was amazing the kind of stuff that he would say, because he would meet somebody, right? We would meet somebody, and he would be with me. And we'd be talking story with this guy, whatever, whatever. And then we would we would walk away or jump in a car and go home or something, right? And he would start telling me about that person. And I, and I was like, what? And sometimes I knew that person, right? I knew the person he was talking about. And he would start talking and I would go, wow, he was spot on. And he only had a brief interaction with this guy. It was only maybe 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, whatever. But he started telling me about this guy. And I knew this, I knew these people for years. And I go, wow, he's absolutely correct. How did he do that? How did he know? Right? Okay, but but he was not distracted by sight. Okay, so so there's an old there's an old adage, uh, religious adage. It says we walk by faith and not by sight, right? But but a lot of people um, get distracted by sight. And as a result, their faith gets kind of screwed up too because they're distracted by what they see, right? So they, they, they make value judgments. They, make, uh, they, they prejudge or that's where prejudice comes, comes in, right? You prejudge things based upon what you see. And so, you know, sometimes and you know, that's where you get that expression, never judge a book by its cover, right? So, you, so you're not supposed to really judge by, by looking. You're supposed to judge by experience, and and so this anyway that's that's one of the observations you know that that I made in my life and I'm like wow I learned more from hanging out with a blind man uh, than than I learned in in any book and and it was amazing it was amazing the kind of stuff I learned and so we started getting into uh, vibration and we started getting into um, things deeper than the surface right and sometimes. 
um, you know, some of my my clients and stuff, right? They they were just amazed too at what came out of his mouth, and they had to stop and think. And they, you know, many times they asked me like, "Oh, well, what does Uncle mean by this?" <laughs> you know, and I had to explain. But um, it was because it was so deep that they could, you know, they they weren't really familiar with all of this. So there are there are a lot of things in our society that distract you into a completely different meaning or a completely different understanding or a completely different, um, I want to say, illusionary type thing, right? When when basically, uh, when you get behind the curtain, let's say you, you go behind the curtain in religion, you go behind the curtain in politics, you go behind the curtain in all of this stuff and you see the magician's trick, right? Okay, what it really boils down to, nine times out of ten, it's commerce first, right? It's something that's there to make money. It's something that's there to provide some kind of sustenance to people, right? So, you know, and when you start looking at things more like commerce, they're easier to understand, right? A lot of people look at things like like politics and government and this and that. And, you know, they, they kind of miss the, the whole, uh, the big picture, Right. Now, thankfully, with 2020, right, people got to look behind the curtain because all this stuff started coming out. People started taking pictures of of these things. People started using their cell phones to video things and put them up in front of everybody. And, of course, they got taken down. I had a TikTok account with 48,000 people following me, and they followed me in, like, three months I had 48,000 followers and they were looking, you know, and these guys were going, you know, and these were older people and they were going, you know, we studied these things. We, we nobody ever said anything. So we just kind of kept it to ourselves, you know, but this prompted people to bring it out and, and 2020 prompted people to start sharing and they started sharing out of necessity because they started to realize that if they don't start sharing this information, right? It's going to hurt them in the long run. And it's going to protect them the more they bring out, you know, the more they bring things out in the open, which is sometimes the best solution to bring everything out in the open. Because then the people that are cheating can't really cheat, right? Because everybody knows. So a, lo- a lot in the in the old days was hidden. Many things were hidden. Now, hidden knowledge is called esoteric knowledge. And esoteric knowledge means, you know, things that are secret hidden from the masses now there are certain things that the masses may have trouble with right so so people people hide them now this also contributed to a lot of the power in the world you know people that held the power held the power because they kept people in ignorance and this was the same way with the law of attraction now the law of attraction came out by Rhonda Byrne in in the 90s in the early 90s and when she brought that knowledge out to people, the everyday person did not really realize this, right? And and back in the day when you had the, you know, what I wanted, what I call plantation mentality, right? You had the owners of the plantation and you had the workers on the plantation. Now, the owners of the plantation did not want the workers on the plantation to have knowledge. They wanted workers. Now, if they had knowledge, they could, they could, you know, uh, eventually get off the plantation, make their own plantation, right? do their own thing, right? But they wanted workers. So they kept everyone in ignorance or they kept everyone in what you call the dark. And they didn't, they didn't want 
you know, people enlightened or, or to uh, have knowledge. So, so that was the idea. We didn't keep them like that, right? And you keep them down, and you, you know, and and there, there's expressions and stuff like that about keeping a good man down and all this kind of stuff. But basically, that's what it was. And the only way you could break free of all this stuff is when you went to college and you got educated and all this stuff, right? But now, thanks to the internet, thanks to YouTube, thanks to, you know, things online, people can just go online and access this stuff. So Elon Musk was, was one of the people that came out recently and said, you don't need college, you know, well, for certain things, right? Now, if you're going to be a lawyer, yeah, you need college. You're going to be a doctor, yeah, you need college. In certain things you need, uh, you need college for. But a lot of general things you don't need college for. Business, you can study online. You can take courses online. You can do all that stuff. You don't need college. And it's cheaper. Okay, so one of the things that college does is it puts you in debt. And one of the things you have to know about the fiat system that we have is that debt, okay, is the big chain around your ankle, okay? Debt is that we're all debt slaves, like all of us, every single one of us. If you have a bill, okay, if you have a phone, if you have whatever, if you have a monthly bill that you got to pay, you are a debt slave. If you're paying off a loan, you are a debt slave. If you have a mortgage, you are a debt slave. Now, here's one thing that, that I said on the podcast the other day, and I had a comment uh, from one of the guys that follows me. And he said, Junior, I thought, I thought you said that, that uh, buying a house was, was a bad investment and, and then you just bought a house. And I said, no, wait, wait, that's, that's not what I said. <laughs> he took that out of context. What, what I said was, if you're buying a house and you're living in it, okay, that's not an investment. That's not making you money. It may make you a little bit of money when you sell it. You may make out a little bit when you sell the house. Okay, but it's not gonna, it's, it's not gonna continuously make you money. Okay, it'll, it'll make you money on that sale and you may make, I don't know, uh, a little bit on it. But property values don't really go up as much as people think they do. Okay, it depends on where you are. Location, 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 right? But, but what I really said, if you really paid attention to what I was talking about and in the proper context, if you're buying a house and you're renting it, okay, or if you're buying a business property and you're, and you're renting it, okay, now that's different. That's, that's income. Now, if you're, you know, buying a, and that's why, you know, a lot of these, these billionaire guys and multimillionaire business people, you know, they, they'll tell you, they go, well, you know, Robert Kiyosaki will tell you, buying a house is a bad investment. If you're living in the house. Now, if you're not living in the house, then it's a rental property. Then you're making money, right? But Robert Kiyosaki buys debt. And there's big money in the debt market. Okay, we're not going to go into that because I'm not Robert Kiyosaki and I'm not an expert on it. Okay, I understand it, but I, I'm not qualified to speak on it. Okay, I'm a life coach and, and finance is not my, my thing. However... I do life coach people into making more money, okay? I do coach, uh, life coach people into um, various avenues of income and, and those kinds of things. But that's, that's from a thinking point of view, okay? So what I, what I do is I help people expand their thinking. So people think real small 
Okay. And, and, you know, the goldfish in the bowl is a good example, right? So a goldfish in a bowl will only grow to the size of his environment. If you take that goldfish and you put him in a river, that goldfish will get pretty big. But if you keep him in a small little bowl, the goldfish will only stay in, in that, in that bowl and grow, you know, uh, proportionate to his environment. Okay. By the same token, a lot of people only think according to their environment. Okay. So, so here's another thing too. I am going to, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing out these random things on this podcast to make you guys think. Okay. Now, another thing is that when you are sub, so humans are subject to their environment. They're a product of their environment and wherever you are. Okay. So if you're in the ghetto, the housing, the, the poor part of town, okay? You can, you can, if you don't shed that paradigm, if you don't get yourself out of that paradigm, and what I'm talking about is get it out of your head completely, okay? Because, because people will keep that in there as a badge of honor. They will wear it as a badge of honor. And, and one day they may be in a mansion, okay? But they're going to live in the ghetto. They will be in that mansion living like they're in the housing or in the ghetto or in the poor part of town. And that's what you need to shed is your way of thinking. Now, a lot of people are subject to small thinking because that's all they have ever been exposed to. They've never been exposed to big thinkers. So they've, they're, they're always accustomed to people thinking small. Therefore, they, they get ideas, but they dismiss them. They get good ideas. They get big ideas, but they dismiss them. Okay, so so fear and doubt are the two things that prevent you from taking the steps you want to take. Fear and doubt. Okay, so you, you you look at something, you go, okay, I got this idea. Yeah, I can I can market myself like this, like that. I can go on YouTube. I can go do this, do that. And then pretty soon you go, hmm, oh, nah, you know what? And you start rationalizing yourself out of it slowly, right? Oh, but, but what if that don't, ah, yeah. And then, well, I'm not that good at marketing, so yeah, okay. And then one more strike, right? And pretty soon, you have crossed yourself out of the whole thing. You've, you've done it to yourself, okay? People do this all the time. And they resign themselves back into thinking small. Okay, now, you know, what's the, what's the difference between thinking big and thinking small? Um, well, the, the difference is when you expand your thinking, you expand possibilities. You open yourself up to, to bigger experiences, to, you know, to bigger things. Now, you need to take the baby steps towards the bigger things. But as long as you keep taking steps, in other words, as long as you don't get let fear get in the way, and, and let doubt get in the way. You just keep taking the steps. You know, and sometimes we need someone, you know, someone there to go, come on, you got this. Come on, keep, take the next step. Come on, take the next step. And that's what a life coach does. That's part of it. But, but first, you have to open someone's mind. So what I do first is I red pill everybody. Okay, I red pill these people. I'm like, look, this is how it is. Look, face, face the reality of how this really is, you know? And a lot of people, so let me give you an example. A lot of people get emotionally involved in stuff, okay? They let their emotions get in the way, okay? And when they do that, they automatically resign themselves to fear, 
Fear is an emotion. Okay? Now, if you start looking at everything as commerce, things take on a whole new meaning, Hawaiians. Okay? Only, and I told you guys, you guys in Botswana, okay, you guys are Hawaiians when you're listening to the show, so I'm talking to you. <laughs> right now, I'm talking to you. But you resign yourself. Okay? And fear is an emotion. Okay? So so now what happens? Well, you kind of, mm, I don't know if this going to work because, eh, you, and you start to rationalize yourself out of it. You see? So you, you can't get emotionally involved in something that is commerce-based. Right. Or something that is, you know, so so politics, for example, politics, government. Right. Everybody's all emotionally wrapped up in this thing, you know, and they're 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 in the they're they're following the storyline of the country. They're following the storyline of everything. They're following the emotion of everything. Right. And they're they're acting according to emotion. Now, emotion, in fact, are two different things. If you understand the underlying, you know, elements of control, if you understand who's really calling the shots, if you understand that this thing is going to go this way, whether you like it or not, and it's bigger than you, then, you know, but, but in numbers, right, in education, in, in awareness, people have more power. The, the thing that, that people lack is awareness. Therefore, if they lack awareness, there's no strength there. Right? Because only a few guys know, right? Well, that's changing right now. And and the awareness is spreading. So people, entities that have control or that have maintained control for a long period of time are slowly it's slowly getting diluted because more people know. Now if more people have knowledge, what happens? Well, you can't do the same old thing anymore, right? Okay, so so now that you can't do the same thing to control the people, you got to think of something else, <laughs> right? Okay. And and that could be, you know, that could be good, it could be bad. It could work against you. You see what I'm saying? So so now, you know, people are talking about microchips, they're talking about all kinds of spooky stuff. Yeah. Bro, we we were we were thinking about microchips back in the 80s. We were thinking about all this stuff a long time ago. People were bringing up all this and they said, "You know, in the future, you're going it's going to be like this, going to be like that." There was a there was a commercial in the 70s, I remember, the late 70s that showed uh the state capitol with cameras and surveillance and all and they they made this futuristic commercial in the 70s. And they said, well, if you don't vote, you're not going to have a choice, right? And they showed, you know, like an extreme control board type thing. And they said, well, because it, it was a commercial about voting. And they said, well, if, if you don't vote, this is how it's going to be. And guess what's happening, Hines? It's getting to be like that, right? There, there's cameras everywhere. There's surveillance every place. There's all kinds of stuff going on like that, right? But... This is an eventuality. It's it's going to be like that. Now, whether whether this is good for us or bad for us, it's a matter of opinion. It's all according to, you know, where you are on the spectrum. Now, if you're a wealthy person and people are talking about redistribution of wealth, you're probably going to be concerned, right? But if you're a poor person or whatever, you know, I, I don't mean to talk down to anybody, but I'm saying if if you don't have much right? The redistribution of wealth is going to sound good to you, you see? So it's wherever you are on the spectrum. And there's always a balance, 
Okay, there's always a balance. So no matter where you are on the spectrum, there's going to be pluses and minuses. Okay, and that's where the law of attraction comes in. Because you got to focus on the positive side. You got to focus on the glass half full for yourself. I don't care where you are. Now, when you see things that are, you know, you know, like, oh, this is all going to be controlled. Oh, this is spooky. Oh, they, they're going to put chips in us. They're going to All right. So if you look at these things as bad things, if you start fearing these things and getting all emotionally involved in this thing, right, before it even has a chance to to become, you know, uh, in effect or become law or or whatever, right, then, you know, you need to look at this. You need to look at this and go, well, I'm, I'm going to have a positive attitude about this. Okay, so, so you know, for example, we lost an election. Some, some people lost an election. The conservatives lost their, their side of the election. Now, you know, there's a lot of emotions going on, right? There's a lot of emotional stuff. And I see the emotional things. And I go, okay, well, if, if emotions get the best of you, right? And you, you're acting out of emotion, then you're going to be subject to that kind of consequence. You're going to be subject to an emotional consequence or something that is brought on by emotion rather than logic, rather than fact. Okay. So you're, you're going to be subject to that. Now, how do you keep your cool in, in something like that? Well, you become the observer. You, you become the observer and you observe. Therefore, you're not engaging at the emotional level. What does that do? Well, that removes you from that emotional engagement. When you're, when you're the observer and you, and believe me, it took me a long time to get that switch. But as a life coach, that's what I teach people. I teach them how to flip that switch and become the observer. Okay. So let me give you an example in relationships. Okay. That's, that's, that's one that I, I coach a lot of people in relationships, in relationships, right? When you have a female getting all emotional because that's what they do they're emotional it's not a bad thing that's who they are right but you got to start looking at females for who they are instead of you know the fairy tale and the disney movies right <laughs> you gotta you gotta uh, take that crown off and, and then stop looking at them like little princesses because they're they're humans right but they're female humans okay so when you switch when you flip that switch into observer and she's going off in front of you you're not engaging going off with her. You're there to allow her that emotional outburst and to keep her safe while she's doing it. And when she's done, she's done. She'll feel better. You'll be okay. You got, you know, you're, you're not deteriorating yourself in, in, in her mind as far as her image of you, right? And, and you, you just stand there. And your job is to uh, not participate with her and be a girl with her. Your job is to be a man, stand there, observe, and just keep her safe and allow her that emotional freedom. Okay, so so in, in life coaching, I teach that. And and my men turn around and they go, yeah, you know what? Bro, this really works good. Bro, this, this is amazing. This, this, this works so good. It's amazing. I used to argue. I used, I used to bitch back with, with my wife, with, with my girlfriend. And, and, bro, we used to. And then, then she wouldn't talk to me for, for like a few days. And now, bro, she's talking to me like 20 minutes later. She's just coming and hugging me. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, there you go. 
You see, but I'm just throwing out a lot of random stuff on this podcast so you guys can, you know, start thinking about these things. Okay, so don't get too emotionally wrapped up in religion, in politics, in in uh, government, in in all this stuff. And remember that that you need to preserve you. Okay, so when you look in the mirror, you actually like what you see. You got to like what you see. You got to enjoy who you are. And most importantly, you got to be you. You got to do you. Okay? So like like when you're some like like I worked in entertainment for a long time. Okay? I I wasn't like those guys. I I didn't try to be like them. I was among them. I tried to get along with some of them. And and you know at at that it, there was a certain point it was like you know what okay, my core values and their core values are two different sets of values and but I gotta do what I gotta do if I want to be successful in this you know industry in this thing right called entertainment and, and singing and making people laugh and, and and doing all this stuff right so I I'm gonna have to uh, you know uh, play by a different set of rules. You know, and and you got to do what you got to do, Hawaiians. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what industry it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't have to be like them. You don't have to, you know, keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to do that. But what you do have to do is be honest with yourself. What you do have to do is do what you got to do to survive or to flourish in that industry or business or whatever it is, relationship, whatever. And, And you have to manage it comes down to management at at some point because if you're not managing Hawaiians, it will begin to oh sorry i gotta go Hawaiians. it will begin to manage you okay so so you gotta be the manager <laughs> all right hey we gotta thank our sponsors island club and spa brother randy sister jerry also voice master enterprises family of service companies and AFM Hawaii Music Featuring the music of Mr. Darren Chinen He's uh, on iTunes Go check him out Until next time I'm Junior Kekoeva Junior Saying mahalo And aloha